0: Good morning, church. Good morning. Good morning. I'd like to begin this time as we come to this part of our worship with a moment of gratitude. For your constant and continued support in my own growth as both an individual, as a seminary student, as someone pursuing a call to ordained ministry, I am very thankful. Words alone, of course, are not enough to portray this gratitude to each of you. And so I hope that it's through my actions, through these opportunities to come before you in an act of a sermon, in the chance to volunteer among the sides of you, and to be with you in moments of worship and grace, that you will be able to see a reflection of my thankfulness for each of you and how you've helped shaped me over these past few years. This season of uncertainty has really proven to be quite difficult for many of us. It's understandable, it's expected, And like many of you, my thoughts seem to be racing. What's coming next? What is the fall going to look like? What is next month going to look like, or even tomorrow? And if I may be bold enough to say this, I think one of the things that we are all facing in this season of uncertainty is a withered attention span. In a time of adjusting to everything, everything going on in this world, I find that even when I try to distract myself with the hobbies I love, sewing, reading, writing, a simple craft, talking on the phone with a friend, that my brain is still falling down this continual rabbit hole of what ifs. What is school going to look like for me? How am I going to get all the benefits of an education I would receive in person when half of my classes are online Half of my classes are in person, and at the same time, we still really don't have a firm grasp on what the things we are doing will look like. And if you'll allow me to kind of continue this boldness, I'm going to say that part of this slip up in my attention span and our attention span is in church. I have found that it's not spared from this withered attention span that in a time of adjusting to these live stream services, that I have moments where I realize that instead of sitting by a human being during a live stream service, I'm sitting next to a ticking clock that's really loud, there's a dishwasher ten feet from me, it's also pretty loud, and my dog likes to snore sometimes during church. (laughs) And that's okay. (laughs) I kind of have my slip-up moments. I lose a verse of a song, I lose a snippet of a sermon so as I was prepping for this sermon in specific, I wanted to choose a passage that I could go off of that would allow me to work with a clear mind, to stop and breathe and say absolutely nothing, to be one with the word of God and just embrace the pure nature of scripture. And so I'm a lover of poetry. Some of you may know this. And I find that sometimes I can speak my mind better through poetry than I can a normal conversation. So with this in mind, I turn to one of my own favorite poetic passages from Deuteronomy 32 and in specific verses 1 through 12. So for where we are in Deuteronomy 32, we have just finished a time in Deuteronomy where Joshua has learned that he'll be the predecessor, the successor of Moses that Moses is telling his people, I am growing old, it is time for change, my charge from God is coming, my death is approaching. And so we approach Deuteronomy 32, which is often called the Song of Moses. It's a poetic version of the book of law, of Deuteronomy itself, and this poetic form is helpful, and one might say necessary, because it's memorable because you can take these words and memorize them. And for Deuteronomy, for those inside this passage of scripture, memory leads to obedience. And in a time of uncertainty, their own time of uncertainty, where Moses may not be their leader as long as they had hoped, where new leadership is on the rise, and uncertainty remains looming in their own lives, this time of poetry is a chance for the words of Moses to shine among the people, a chance for the people to memorize something that will lead to their own obedience. And so as I was outlining this sermon, I was stuck in a rut of how to make this passage meaningful through my own interpretation. I didn't want to do an injustice to this passage by not making it my own interpretation, because as you will see when we turn to reading the scripture for today, It is a passage that pushes the audience to embrace their own humanity among the nature of God. It challenges the reader to embrace their own faults and imperfections among the grace and constant presence of God. So I'm reading this passage over and over again, trying to find something that will resemble a sermon, something that will resemble the word of God in a way that is beneficial to myself to you, to our church. And so I found myself continuing the poem. I would get to verse 12, and the words just kept flowing in my head. My own poem, my own song of Moses, a song of Moriah, if you will, emerged from this. And so today, as we embrace the word of God through the song of Moses, I'm planning to do something a little different. I'm going to give the bulk of my sermon in the form of a free verse, spoken word poem. And I hope that as I do this, that you will be as intrigued in hearing it as I was writing it. I pray that this change of pace will be something peace bringing, that in hearing the words of this poem that you will hear the word of God, and that above all, the song of Moses will help you indeed find the Lord's portion. So hear first the song of Moses in Deuteronomy 32, verses 1 through 12. Give ear, O heavens, and I will speak. Let the earth hear the words of my mouth. May my teaching drop like the rain, my speech condense like the dew, like gentle rain on grass, like showers on new growth. For I will proclaim the name of the Lord, ascribe greatness to our God, the rock. His work is perfect, and all his ways are just. A faithful God, without deceit, just and upright is he, yet his degenerate children have dealt falsely with him. A perverse and crooked generation. Do you thus repay the Lord, O foolish and senseless people? Is not he your father who created you, who made you, who established you? Remember the days of old. Consider the years long past. Ask your father and he will inform you. Your elders and they will tell you. When the Most High apportioned the nations, when he divided humankind, he fixed the boundaries of his people according to the number of the gods. The Lord's own portion was his people, Jacob his allotted share. He sustained him in a desert land, in a howling wilderness waste. He shielded him, cared for him, guarded him as the apple of his eye. As an eagle stirs up its nest and hovers over its young, as it spreads its wings, takes them up and bears them aloft on its pinions, the Lord alone guided him, no foreign god was with him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks. Thanks be to god. And now if you will allow me to continue from verse 12 on into my own verses of poetry. O heavens, I give you my ear so that I may hear you speak. I am the earth who longs to hear the words of your mouth, where your teaching will drop like rain, speech condense like dew, and rain gentle on the grass. I will be your starving dirt, longing to take in the shower of your new growth. So as you proclaim the name of God, so shall I declare God's might. The rock, the solid rock, the rock that is the faithfulness of God, the perfection of God's just ways. For what it is worth, I am the earth who longs to hear, but I am also the degenerate earth. I have dealt falsely with God. I am the perverse and crooked generation. I am every fault I have committed and every crack I have stumbled upon. In some ways, I am a volcano where my sin at some point becomes too much and things begin to explode. In other ways, I am a wildfire where one sin was the spark that ignited a flame that became more than water itself could handle. But is it not true that people gasp in awe at the wondrous sight of Mount St. Helens and the intense green of a new blade of grass after a wildfire? We see creation, and we are astonished. It is your creation, O God, and it is bewildering. But this Moses, in his song he recites, he says that you created me, and that you made and established me. And if this is true, I am honestly a bit terrified that in between the volcanoes and the wildfires, there is me. There is a foolish and senseless person who was created by the Most High and is somehow loved, with as much reverence as a volcano, with the intensity of a wildfire. Moses says that the Lord's portion was his people. Is it the actions of a people? The choices of a nation? No. The Lord's portion is just people, degenerate people, foolish people. There are days that I drag my body up to join the living, where I hang on to fleeting moments just to feel sustained. But why do I sustain myself on the fleeting moments of the living when you sustained Jacob in a desert land? If your sustenance is so gracious that it would shield and care for Jacob, that it would shield and care for me, then that would be enough then that is enough. If there is so much goodness in you that you become an eagle and stir up the nest that is my life and hover over me in a sense of protection and take me under your wing, then I am truly what you say I am. I am the earth who hears the words of your mouth. I am the grass on which your gentle rain falls. I long to proclaim your name, to be your greatness, to fall upon you as my rock. Degenerate at times, foolish for sure, but forever faithful to just perfection. It is you who sustains humankind in their desert land. And it is still you who bounds us together in a cohesion of somebodies. Somebodies who will someday See your wings, like eagles, above them, below them, beside them, and in front of them, and realize that they are the Lord's portion, who are guided alone by God, and no foreign gods will be with them when they are guided by God alone. For who needs the foreignness or the allure of earthly things, of false gods and flashy idols, when there is someone who is willing to join you in the howling waste of the wilderness with a perverse and crooked generation, among those foolish and senseless, beside the degenerate children, simply because you are a being of the Lord." A part of the portion, the Lord's portion. And in these days of unrest and uncertainty, I breathe in these words. And I breathe out peace, knowing that I am the Lord's portion, and that is truly enough. Amen.